Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, you know I am. I'm totally ready. Let's do this. Awesome. Yeah. I can't believe it's the last episode of the year. Isn't that crazy? I know. Can you believe we've been on the air for like six months and it's been like a whole half a year? <laughs> I know. It's. I mean, you know, we keep doing it. We're rolling. We are rolling and we're going to roll into 2017 very Happy soon. Happy New Year. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to wrap up the year, I think, with a very exciting guest, You know who you know, correct? Yeah, at- Absolutely. So we're going to talk about one of my favorite subjects today. And I think it's a subject that um, we don't talk about enough because I think in the corporate world or in small, even in small business world, we talk so much about strategy and execution and all this stuff, but we kind of forget about how culture actually drives that. And you and, know, I love culture. You know, I love talking about culture. And culture rocks. I mean, culture is what's going to actually make or break your company. And then I think I think there's kind of a rebirth of it as well, right? I, I think that culture is kind of becoming a little bit trendy again, which I think is a good thing because I think that um, culture is really important to small businesses as well as to corporation. So um, today mm-hmm. we have a pretty cool guest and she's actually a, a friend of mine and her name is Gina Tremarco, and she is the founder and the chief results officer of Pivot 10. And she does a lot on um, sales and culture and training and helping businesses really evolve. And what I really like about Gina is she has a background in improv. I love that part. I mean, improv. It's It's like making people laugh. And who doesn't like to make people laugh? Yeah, I heard that the, and we'll introduce Gina, but I, I heard that the point of, imp- one of the major points of improv is to just keep saying yes and building on the yes. So you have to figure out how to say yes and sort of, you know, because you don't know what the other person's going to throw at you, which I guess is true in business. You just never know, like, you know, how you're going to go back and forth with somebody. And, and I think, you know, learning how to do improv, I would imagine really dramatically impacts the way you do relationships, you know, and personally and in business. So I don't know. Without further ado, we should introduce Gina. Yeah, Gina. So did I give you a pretty good intro? You gave me... An awesome intro. Thank you. That was, that was, that was perfect. Both of you and, and Liz's collaboration on how important improv is in business. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about how that impacts your culture. Yeah. So, Gina, it's great to have you on the show. So, why don't you start off telling us a little bit about um, Pivot Results and how you started that business? Sure. Pivot 10 Results is actually... Um, was born out of um, another company, Carolina Improv Company. Carolina Improv Company is in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, as is Pivot 10 Results. I am originally from Chicago, which is home of improv, 
and I moved to Myrtle Beach for a job. Um, I was recruited there, and uh, it was 2007 when I when I started, and then in 2008, we all know the economy was crashing, and um, honestly, I was so burnt out that I was seeking improv classes as a refresher because they, they really do help your mindset in getting into that place of yes and collaboration and working with mm-hmm. people. And no one in Myrtle Beach um, knew what improv was, which was scary in <laughs> itself. That There were no classes to be found. I'm like, where am I? I'm under a rock. And someone said to me, why don't you just create the community yourself? And as Liz mentioned, Improv's a lot about the yes, and I and I said to myself, if I don't say yes to that offer, I'm going to actually be a hypocrite of the things that I live by. Because taking improv at Second City um, during college is really what was my foundation for my career, because every move and decision I made was based on having that mindset, that that improv mindset. So I started Carolina Improv Company. Um, kind of as a hobby while I was still in the corporate world in Myrtle Beach and um, the economy crashed and I was about to start teaching my first class and I had, you know, got it all structured properly. Um, Jody would be proud. I had my all my tax structures in place <laughs> and I had a company name and um, one week before my class first class started, I got fired and there I was in business in 2008, October. So wow. From, yeah, it was it was the craziest thing, um, yet the best thing, because I couldn't find a job. Um, I had to improvise my way through it. I kept looking for a job, and I kept doing this hobby improv thing on the side, and then I'm like, just embrace it. There's a reason why this happened. And I continued forward, and within a year, we built a theater. And through that process... Uh, it was always our, our our plan to be in training and development because that's my strength um, as a as a business person is developing teams and developing culture and putting people together and recruiting and retaining and so I really was intrigued by this training process of using improv in training so we grew that side of our business corporately using improv as one of our tools for training. What we discovered along the way is while people love improv as a training tool in business, people are also equally scared of it. Uh, Decision Mm -hmm. makers, even though they want it, they are afraid of it. And uh, we've lost a lot of jobs because they had a hard time selling the concept of improv. So we went through a rebranding in the beginning of 2016 to create Pivot 10 Results. And to really look at not just training, but cultural development, because what happens in business when we do training is they bring us in to, like, fix their customer service or fix their sales or fix their leadership, but they have bigger problems. They have cultural problems. So we did this rebrand, and we took the word, we played with a lot of words, So, but we, we ended up at pivot because pivot to me is another word for improv. you got to be able to yeah. fastly move. Well, Well, pivot is also an action word, which I think, and it's a very specific action word. You know, you're pivoting like from one side to the next or you're pivoting around in a circle or whatever you're doing. I I think it's really interesting, um, your story. And I'm I'm just curious, you know, what are business owners really afraid of with improv? Um, I think, you know, especially the larger the organization, you know, we work with small organizations and Fortune 500 organizations. They they immediately go to, oh, that's comedy. We don't do that mm-hmm. here. We 
Mm-hmm. We don't want to invest in comedy. Um, I've literally lost keynote talks um, because uh, and re- and and got them back. Like someone came to see me speak regionally and said, "You know, I know you've you've uh, you know submitted to speak at international conference, but honestly, we've ignored your proposal for the last three years because we didn't want a comedian." Mm. And that's when my light went off. I'm like okay, funny results from this, because if you can engage people with a little bit of humor, you're going you're gonna to keep their attention. So I think what happens with these businesses is they don't see it as a serious tool, and it really is a soft skill that we're missing. We're missing that in, in our cultures is the soft skills of communication, collaboration, connection, relationship building. All of that can improve. Yeah, but- because when I think about improv, I totally think about collaboration. I, I think there isn't anything more collaborative than improv because you're stuck with whoever you're on the stage with and you have to kind of figure it out and make something funny right. out of it or make make a skit out of it. Whereas, like, I mean, you're not given the option to, like, pick different people, right? You can't just, like, no. right. you're on the stage with these people and you can't just say, oh, by the way, sit down, I'm going to pick someone else. Right. And the other thing I wanted to say is that, you know, it's not just about comedy, right, Gina? It's like, you know, you can be acting out a whole gamut of emotions, right? I mean, um, it doesn't have to just be about making somebody laugh. You know, you can do serious. You can do, it's about building on what the person is giving you who's right in front of you. You're you're hitting it right out in the head, Liz. And, and and what people do is they quickly connect the word improv to comedy, and that also has to do with the right. fact that back in the day, the improv at the improv clubs they were called the improv, but they actually were stand up comedy. That's a whole other topic of brand confusion. So that's <laughs> yeah, it's like you're right. so you go to the improv, but you're not seeing improv, which is annoying. So so there's this this disconnect that it's comedy but the point is is improv is 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 the shortened version of the word improvise so when we Mm -hmm. improvise we can improvise in music we can improvise in dance we can improvise in comedy we can there's there's serious um improv called serial improv where people do serious plays without a script and they improvise them there are a lot of movie makers now making movies that are improvised so improv is just a version of doing something without a script by collaborating and and accepting the ideas that other people have with you on stage or in business or on the dance floor or in music. And our number one job in improv, and if you can imagine applying this in business, our number one job on stage is to make the other person look good. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's our really... number one job. Because if you yeah. think about it, when you make somebody else look good, you automatically look good. <laughs> right. 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 And you create good feelings. <laughs> you know, you create a good yeah. vibe, I would imagine. You it's know? like a no-brainer. When you're the jerk in the office and you, like, make someone look like a jerk and then you look like a jerk, all you're doing is, like, double the double jerk. I don't I'm just making that up right now. You're, <laughs> just, you're just creating a lot of jerkiness. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I just learned about improv, and this is pretty random, but you know the movie Pretty Woman? I mean, who doesn't know that movie, right? In yeah. The, in uh-huh. the point, um, there was the part where Richard Gere, she's all, uh, Julia Roberts is all dressed up in the red dress, and they're like meeting at the bar, the fancy bar, and 
and Richard Gere gives her that necklace and she yes. opens the thing and, and um, then he closes it sort of like a clam, yeah. like right in her hand. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. improv. That, I read that. I just read that. That was actually improv. That was not. In oh, really? So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little tidbit for you today, but um, you know we what? have to, we have to take a quick break. Okay. Um, but we're talking with Gina Tremarco from Pivot 10 Results and um, stay tuned. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar. And our guest today is Gina Trimarco. She is the founder of Pivot 10 Results. And we're um, we're talking about improv, which is a big part of uh, Gina's business. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about, you know, how you work with clients, you know, um, who are your clients? What kind of services do you offer? Um, and what are they, what are they really wanting from you when they work from work with you? Okay, great. So, you know, our primary client is more of a, of a descriptive. They are the fast growing imploding companies. So that's, so many different industries. Our, our sweet spot in industries has been hospitality, financial, um, medical, um, technical. Those are our sweet spots. But it's really about those fast-growing, fast-imploding, and companies that are trying to, like, keep up with their own growth. Mm. That's our, our, our sweet spot. So when they come to us, typically, this is 
this is what's happened. This is what the pattern has been. A lot of the work comes to us. Um, I try to keep us out there and, and have a lot of credibility in what we do. And I post a lot and I write a lot and I have a podcast. Um, most people come to us with, they do a search for us. They do a search on the internet and they're searching for team building. And we've set up our SEO to, um, be searchable for team building, even though I hate the word team building, it makes me cringe because most people, <laughs> it does. And, and this, and Why? I wrote a blog about it. You can find it on LinkedIn okay, um, or on okay. our site. Um, here's what I hate about the word team building. In the beginning, I used to hate getting the call like, we need some team building. What can we do that's like fun and collaborative and team building? The thing with team building is, is people are in this mindset of like, if we can just do three hours of team building, we can fix all of our problems. Right. And, right. and, and you can't. So, you know, so, so like last year we did a ropes course. This year. Oh, bowling's doing- not going to solve my problem. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, and it makes me cringe every time. So I actually for a while took the word team building out of our vocabulary. And then I mm. saw the pattern, the we kept getting calls about team building. And so I took the time using my improv skills to be like, let me kind of talk it out with them. Every time someone will email me like, what's the price for your team building? I'm like, let's get on the phone and let's just, let's, let's find out what's going on with your business. So I got in a very consultative mindset of let's talk about what's going on. And every single conversation I have with a new client, by the end of the call, I literally had one client say, I think we actually need a therapy couch. Can you do that for us? Um, (laughs) You get to the bottom of the conversation and we find deeper issues that are going on. And I I said, why do you think you need team building? Well, you know, people are not getting along. And I'm like, why aren't they getting along? And I go through this discovery phase with them. And so what we end up finding out is that they have bigger cultural issues and they don't know how to communicate that. They don't know how to say we need to fix our culture and they don't want to say we need to fix our culture. Mm-hmm. So there's the difference between what they need and what they want. So now I embrace team building and then I do kind of this discovery process with them. And then we design something just for them based on where they are. So we create a, a training program or maybe it's a strategy planning program. You know, like we'll go in with the executive team and let's, you know, Jody talked at the top of this show about strategy. Well, when you don't have a strategy in place and you don't know what your core values are and you don't know what your mission and your purpose are for your company, it's very hard for everybody else to follow you in the organization. So we, we help them identify those things and then together we become kind of part of the company with, with that client of like, we're part of you. We want to help design something that's going to work. The other reason why we do that is I get no joy in coming in for three hours and never seeing you again because right. I don't yeah. really know if we're having an impact and if there's a return on investment. So I want to, in general, help the entire training and development world do better because that's the biggest complaint. And that's the first place people cut their budgets is training and marketing. So we go in, we design the program with them. We start out by um, surveying all the employees up front, finding out what's going on, having several meetings with with the executive team, designing the program, executing the program, and then doing a lot of follow-up after that, a management meeting follow-up with after that, employee surveys after that, and then we help them design their next steps of sustainability, whether it's with us or on their own, and improv may or may not be part of that. It's just a tool at Pivot 10 Results. 
So, so what I my question for you is: Are they usually surprised at what they're finding out in the discovery phase, or is this sort of like, oh yeah, we know we need to deal with this, but we're not dealing with it, and now you're telling us we really have to deal <laughs> yeah. with it? Or are they just like shocked? Are they like, oh my god, wow? I mean, or they're, they're like, I'm yeah, they're they're usually surprised. Um, they're they're either surprised or validated. Like, yeah, I kind of didn't want to admit that was going on. Um, a lot of the work that we do is working with the leaders in their own challenges. Here's the thing. We're dealing with people. And at Pivot 10, our whole goal is to shift companies from people problems to performance results. So anytime there's people involved, there's problems. And if, and if it's starting at the leadership level, which it usually does, it trickles down. So a lot of times, you know, with this, with one of our clients, um, was a law firm and we had the partners of the law firm like do some deep dive emotional kind of work on themselves. And mm. what we did was we found some challenges and issues that they were having personally that was impacting the business. So we were able to address that ahead of time and then work on that simultaneously while working with the rest of the team. And are people usually open? Because I mean, I how did they deal with some of this personal work in a work environment? You know, like, are they open to doing that? Or is it a little bit like taking the crowbar and trying to, like, jam the thing open? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it, are they open? I guess is my question. Yeah, it, 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 it depends. Like, those yeah. people who contact us, who come to us, are the most open. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I've really focused on in growing our business is while I continue to prospect to get us more business, the business that comes to us, they have somehow stumbled on us. They might be reading our blogs. They might be listening to our podcast. You know, they might have heard about us from someone else. And so they organically come to us because they heard we can solve a problem and produce results. The people that we go to and say, hey, we think you need help, they're not ready for help. So the people who yeah. come to us are ready. Yeah. And they're willing to do the work. And you're always going to have um, one or two employees in a training that's, that are miserable, and it always comes up in the results that they don't think anything we're doing makes sense to them. And right. they already know that. And they've known that, like, for the last 10 years, right, that the culture sucks exactly. and whatever. Yep. <laughs> they're just going to yeah. be making it difficult. Yeah. They're just going to um, yeah. be your... <laughs> But I, yeah. I was reading somewhere, I think, on your website about how, you know, you try to find jobs that really fit people. And sometimes there are, you know, you you find a person in a company that's completely doing, they were hired for one thing, and maybe they're totally meant to do something else in the company. I mean, is that more common than we think? And, and wh- what can people do to sort of speak up if somebody's in that position? Well, you have to create, and it, it is common. I think what happens in business is that businesses evolve and people mm-hmm. evolve. And so you have that happening simultaneously as evolution. So, number one, management always needs to sort of be checking in on what's going on with our team and what's going on with our company. I evaluate our business every November Um Actually, the blog that I just posted in the past couple of weeks is called Sift Before You Shift. It's how do you sift things out of your business that aren't mm. working to shift your culture to the next level. So you, you have to be able to identify what's going on and then address it. So when people have kind of outgrown their area or you see that they're losing motivation, especially managing a team, when I see people on my team kind of waning 
or no longer engaged, I go back in and go, all right, what do you need? Like, how do you feel? What do you want? What do you want to do next? How do you want to work on yourself next for development? So it's about getting engaged with your team. And it's also about empowering your team to do things. And and I Mm -hmm. think the company that inspires me the most is Zappos.com. And I, over the summer, I spent three days at one of their culture camps. And the things that Zappos does to empower and encourage and um, educate, and they have like, they have Zappos University within the organization. They've got like a hundred different classes employees can take to develop themselves. Not every company can do that, but there are things you can do to give your team, especially millennials, to give them the things that make them feel like they have a purpose or that they're they're progressing. And everybody wants to progress and make an impact. Yeah. Well, I think what you said about is how cultures evolve and like because nothing stays static and yet like things move and yet sometimes people who are a part of the team don't move as quickly as the company's moving and then there's this disconnect and how do you keep them moving with the company because you've already invested so much in them and you want them to be successful but sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't just because sometimes they're not capable of moving or it's not their priority they have other things that that they're not you and so I think that that's really hard for that that small business owner or even a big business owner to have to deal with a person who they've invested so much time in. And, you know, for a long time it was a great fit, but it's no longer the right fit. Right. Correct. And it's either time to plan their, their exit to get them into a place that's better for them, right? And so it's that open communication of, we don't think this is the best fit for you. And let's help you get to the next thing that's going to be like your wow job. So how can you get, how can you help them exit out? Or is there somewhere else in the organization where they would fit? Or is there something else that you can evolve them to or create? You know, again, every year I look at my businesses. I've got the theater and I've got our training company. And I, I look at our theater and go, all right, what didn't work this year? Who Who's on my team that I never realized they have this skill? And, and, and I'll re-delegate and I'll reorg. I reorg every December. So we're so going to talk more about... Of it. Okay, yeah, that's great. And we're going to talk more about your company uh, when we return from break. But right now we have to do a little jingle. Stay tuned. Okay. <laughs> Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. 
We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold, and you're at my favorite part of the segment of uh, Let's Get Radical, and that is the financial underwear drawer. Woo-hoo! And we're here today talking with Gina Tremarco, who's part of Pivot 10 Results. And she's kind of um, gone through quite a transformation in her in her own business. And, I, and I'd like to talk to her a little bit about that. But first, I have to give a quick shout out to our awesome sponsors. And they are Intuit and also um, Avalara. So sales, tax, and accounting. So what else could you not want, right? About Because it's all about... Uh, Accounting and sales tax. So, um, Gina, tell us a little bit about how your um, business kind of really transformed over the last year and maybe some of the operational things that you learned or or what um, things you put in place to make it take it to the next level. Well, you know, I mentioned I mentioned at the top of this that, um, you know, Carolina Improv Company is how we started that that still exists. But in order for us to be taken seriously as a as a consulting firm, we had to we had to make changes because the reality is it's about branding and it's about marketing and it's about sales and it's about image and it's about giving people um, it's about giving people what they want up front and then really giving them what they need so they're they're more attracted to the we think we want this. And they're not ready to admit what they need. So, so that was a big transformation in itself because I had to be willing to step away from the from the baby, from the brand that I created of Carolina Improv, and go kind of totally opposite, so that they didn't even look like similar brands. And that was a very dedicated wow. effort, a very conscious effort to really split up the brands and have a completely different look and feel. So I started working on that in January, and um, I was able to do it pretty quickly and kind of rebranding and creating a new website and going through all that that marketing. I mean, operationally, I had to really focus on. I'm queen of delegation, and I think that's a big problem for a lot of a lot of business owners, especially entrepreneurs, on how to delegate. So one of the things I did was just delegate and reorganize 
who was going to handle what between the two companies so that I could step back as a leader and be more visionary to create the bigger plans that we're going to execute. And also, I know my weaknesses. So if you know what your weaknesses are and you can surround yourself with people who can make up that deficit, right? Because I, I know I'm easily distracted and hard <laughs> to focus. So I need people who literally take every detail off of me so I have no choice but to work on the big picture. Mm. So it was also a mindset. Um, mm. And I know we were talking about financial underwear tour too. Really being focused on the numbers. I track our numbers daily. Um, that might be odd to people. It's my like own little thing that I do. I have a, I have a spreadsheet. And every day that money comes into the business, it goes onto the spreadsheet. So then I'm always on top of where are we financially. And it took me many years to get to that place of being in the money mindset of, you know, when when things happen, and I know Jody knows I've had some challenges this year with my mom being sick and I got sick, um, you can feel the cash flow, you know, slowing down. And, but mm-hmm. when your eye's on the ball and your eye's on the money, it doesn't you, go away. I mean, it slows down, but it doesn't go away because you can you can pivot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But if you're if you're ignoring the money because you get in the thick of whatever's going on, that's where you can fall into fall into problems. So, um, really being structured on that. I have a bookkeeper and a CPA to stay on top of all of those things. Um, plus, I have a business manager. So between the three of them, that kind of keeps us on the financial end of stuff and then delegation for everything else in the business. And I just, um, I just hired an operations manager for the theater so that there's one person dedicated to like dealing with all that so that I'm not dealing with any, any of it. So I really am not that very involved in the theater anymore because I have a good team running it. Did I cover everything? Yeah, no, that's awesome. So did you, are the improv people that you started that theater with working for you now, or is it a different set of people? Um, you know, that's, that's an interesting, um, that's an interesting business model in itself. It's, it's ever so evolving. There is something mm-hmm. I call the, the cycle of an improviser, um, the life cycle of an improviser. So that business model, which for, for many people, especially in a small community is scandalous, the improvisers, the performers, don't get paid. Um, and I always am transparent about it because most improv theaters do not pay their performers. Second City does on the main stage, um, but most improv theaters do not pay. There's not a lot of money um, in that in, in, in mm-hmm. that performance space. And then the performance space, really, the theater feeds other things and it becomes a marketing arm for other things for our classes there there's different revenue streams that make more sense but the performers who come in they want to be there to perform and the mission of carolina improv is to develop people that's our mission we develop people so we develop them through classes and we develop them through performance and so they they improve their speaking skills or they get over their fear of being in front of a group they improve collaboration and a lot of people who take our classes get bit with the bug and they want mm-hmm. to become performers so they become performers and they become part of the team and so that business model is half is half employees and half volunteers 
And even hmm. though I hate the V, I hate the V word. They all, everyone knows I hate the V word because volunteer connotates, um, well, we can do whatever we want. And sometimes we, we run into those rogue situations, but I literally have an employee handbook for the volunteers. We have a structure. There are rules and regulations to kind of keep order. Well- in place because and you're located go, in a you're located in a community that is very open to having that kind of community theater. So there's lots of people to come see the shows and whatever. Just because you're in a resort community, yeah. And here's the interesting um, thing about that: our primary audience for seeing shows are tourists. I mean, we are a tourist. That's our our number one industry. Um, the median population of Myrtle Beach is thirty thousand. And we get 17 million visitors a year to give you kind wow. of perspective. Yeah. So our primary theater goer are people from uh, out of town. We really don't get a lot of local business to see shows. But our number one, obviously, we have classes, and those are all locals. And then they take classes, and then they audition um, if they want to be part of the company, and, and we go from there. So um, I have an evolving team there because there's a cycle. They they do it for a while, a year, two years, and then like they move on, and then the next set of people come in and get excited. So that's always changing and evolving. That's a constant evolution. I think um, when I started the company, um, there was one person that w- was there when I started it. She she joined me. I said, "Help me with this," and she's still there. Um, otherwise, it's just always evolving. I just, I love how you have your theater company and also a consulting company and how they feed into each other. And, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you balance it? You know, I mean, are you spending some time, you know, X amount of hours at the theater compared to X amount of hours consulting? I mean, how do you personally balance that? (laughs) A a lot of red wine and coffee. We're fans of wine here on this show, by the way. <laughs> Red wine and coffee. Sometimes coffee by day, wine by night, or wine by day and coffee by night. Um, again, it really comes down to the delegation part of it. Um, yeah. I had mentioned earlier, my my mom had gotten sick and had open heart surgery, and then I got sick from, like, taking care of her. Um, and I was lucky that I have all these people in place. So I spend time at the theater but not a lot of time. And I do get some pushback, like, we miss you, we wish you were there more. And so when I start hearing those things, I start immersing myself more back into it because I know that the team needs me there just to feel my presence. And and that's that's important in leadership is to show up and participate. I do perform once a month. So I, I'm, I'm usually cool. in a show once a month. So that, that, that always happens. Um, in January, I'm teaching, I'm coming out of retirement as the running joke to teach um, a level one class. Because now I've got, we have five levels of classes. What I've done is I've turned performers, I've turned students into performers, and I've turned performers into teachers. And so, so cool. we have teachers. Yeah. We have teachers now. So um, it's rare that I teach. I teach like the higher level classes, like the level four and the level five, which are only offered a couple times a year. But I've I've put all those people in place. So everybody has a role at the theater, and so I don't. All I have to do is oversee it, and I have mm-hmm. the business manager and I have the operations manager. So all I have to do is oversee the bigger picture and make sure that everybody else is making sure everything else is happening to free me up 
to really be involved in the consulting because on top of the consulting, I design, I design training, I design strategy, I travel the country as a speaker. Um, that takes up the majority of my time. And mm-hmm. that's why I have to rely on other people to, to run the theater business. It sounds pretty fulfilling, both of those things working together and, and what you've created for yourself. Um, and I, I was curious because I was reading, you know, I was looking on your website at your at your team and I, I thought I was struck by the um, the titles, you know, um, you call <laughs> your people experience specialists and I especially liked the chief wellness officer. So mm-hmm. what, what, what made you want to create titles like that? Well, I wanted, um, it was, it was definitely very purposeful. I wanted to create a brand that showed us as we're serious, we're business people. I, and I, I do have a corporate background. In, in the beginning, people kept pegging me as the, oh, the improv lady, the mm. comedy lady. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this started as a hobby. I really have business acumen. So. They, people weren't taking me seriously, so I needed to have some seriousness to what we do. But I mm-hmm. still wanted it to be fun, and I still wanted to be in the spirit of my persona and personality because that, as the founder, the founder of a business typically kind of sets the tone for the organization. And, of course, it can evolve, but I still wanted it to be fun. And so I want to attract clients who are like, oh, that's cool. We want, mm-hmm. we want an experienced specialist. Because that will also kind of like get rid of the people who are too tight and stuffy. Yeah, that exactly. Don't get it. At the same right. time, they're like, okay, we we kind of like that. That sounds cool. So we wanted to have that kind of cool appeal. The coolness factor. We always like the coolness yeah. factor. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna take a quick break, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk more, uh, more to Gina about improv and how maybe you can insert improv into your everyday interactions. Woo! Uh, stay tuned. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. 
It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Paydar, and we're talking to Gina Trimarco. She is the founder of Pivot 10 Results uh, and an improv extraordinaire. And um, so, Gina, we were we've been talking a lot about improv, but you know, uh, in the different levels and and sort of how it can feed into business and how how what are some improv tips that you can give our listeners and how to insert that in everyday conversation, either with their clients or their customers or who who you work with? The first thing I would consider is everybody should go take an improv class. And I want to really clarify this. This is not about being funny. This is not about comedy. Most people say, I can't do that. Everyone can improvise. We were all born with the skills to do it. But as we become adults, we sort of put up this block and we stop doing it. So that would be the number one thing is like, go take an improv class to retrain your brain in the skills of active listening, really mm-hmm. listening and paying attention. If you want to grow your business and increase your sales, the money is made in the silence. So if you mm-hmm. can improve your active listening, you will, you will start making more money. That's number one. Um, step two, after you've been a good listener, is you know, to validate what people have to say, to support what they have to say. doesn't mean that you have to agree with them. It's about accepting their ideas or accepting their objections to what you have to offer. Uh, and then finding a way to step three, collaborate. How do we collaborate and get to a place where everybody wins and we're all happy with what we've created together. So whether you're trying to do a new product launch or you're trying to get someone to say yes to the sale of, of buying what you have to sell is, is really active listening, accepting where people are coming from, and then collaboration. Those are really the key tenets of improv. And if you want to get better at that, you need to practice it. Just like working out, you got to work out your brain. That, that would I be love my that. quick... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Have you had a client that was just like that? You know, you worked with in the consulting fashion, and then they were like, "I'm taking an improv class." That was awesome. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, all day, all day long. And it's usually the people who were like the most fearful of it that do it, and then they blossom. Wow, I've always—I have to say—I've always wanted to take an improv class, and I was going to do it um, when I lived in New York, and now I, I live in Oregon, but. I, I'm really enticed. I think that this is a sign that I need to take an improv class because I, okay, I really, I think, especially for a radio show, because I know you do a podcast as well, and that mm-hmm. I'm sure that that only adds to the rhythm that you have on your show. Yeah, and thanks for bringing that up. We launched our <laughs> podcast in November. It's called The Pivotal Leader, and you can go to thepivotalleader.com. Uh, Jody was on it. She was, was. fabulous, oh. of course. Uh, but, but it really helps 
me, and I'm sure, you know, you see how you have to kind of flow through um, an interview. It helps me when I'm podcasting because I set out, I start out with a couple questions, but then I really listen to my guest and then yeah. I, I improvise based on what my guest gives me to collaborate with them. Yeah. And yeah, that's what makes a great and interesting show. So mm-hmm. how can people get in touch with you, Gina? They can um, they can visit me in all kinds of places. Our website is pivot10results.com, and that's 10 is the number in there. Um, I'm on Twitter at Gina Sales Coach and Pivot10Results. I'm on LinkedIn, Gina Tremarco. You can find me. Um, we have various Facebook pages for Pivot10Results and the Pivotal Leader. Um, uh, there's so many places to find me, but Pivot 10 results would probably be the fastest way, .com. And, and so what's coming up for you and uh, Pivot 10 for 2017? We have so much in the hopper. I have a feeling we're going to get pummeled in 2017 <laughs> in a really good in a really good way we're you know we're working on these long-term projects with clients where we become their strategic partners and we become part of their team and growing their culture so we've got a lot of that going on and a lot of speaking and we're working on an online training product a virtual product because we have a lot of clients who um, they're looking for a cost-effective way to bring in customer service and sales and leadership training. So what we're going to do is start creating an online product for them to do that and then back it up with some executive coaching. So we got a lot. Wow. And I'm writing a, I'm writing a book. So it's 2017 is, is a big year. Rolling. Yeah. So thank you so much, Gina, for being on the show today. And um, you can listen to us on... Uh, well, on this station every every Tuesday. <laughs> and also we're on iTunes and we're on Stitcher. Uh, you can always email us at Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Uh, we are on Facebook, Facebook backslash Let's Get Radical. Um, and 2017 is coming so quickly. We're going to blink and it's going to be a happy new year. I and know. what we want is we want to hear from you guys and we want to know who wants to be on our show in 2017 because we have like 52 slots to, to fill. <laughs> so we want to get our oh, listeners boy. engaged and involved and on our show. So if you have a small business or you um, have a service that is really good for a small business, um, we would love for you to reach out to us to get on our show. Yes, it's for small businesses and the people that love them. That's what I like to say. And mm-hmm. uh, we are open to small solopreneurs all the way up to big corporate entities. You know, we want to talk about we want to talk about businesses. So, um, anything else, Jody, that we need to touch upon before we close um, down? <laughs> If you like our show, give us a, a, rave, <laughs> a rave review on iTunes or Stitcher. Yes. And, um, yeah, and you can always check out our archives. We have tons of shows for you to listen to, you know, while you're cooking or you're getting ready for the new year or you have some downtime. We're great. So in the background of great. your life. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Gina, for joining us. Thanks, ladies. Take care. Thanks.
Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com.